Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Thursday, August 25th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Washingtonians are reacting to President Biden's student loan forgiveness announcement with mixed feelings. Some are relieved, freed from crippling debt. Now having the past kind of wiped off, it's like I can really focus on um, the future and really advancing myself. While others say it either won't make much of a difference or feel left out from the free ten to $20,000. Because it's only 10000 I got 50000 in loans. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't mean anything to me. We talk with financial advisor Barry Glassman of Glassman Wealth about the details of the plan and what you have to do if you do qualify for the program to ensure you get the money. And I did the math. If somebody had a 20-year uh, amortization, they were paying it back over 20 years, it's going to save them about $160 a month. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. And I'm Megan Cloherty. I'm here driving to downtown D.C. I'm just arriving to the George Washington University campus, one of the more expensive schools here in the D.C. region. And it's actually move-in day. There are tons of students. Parking, though, seems to be an issue. Oh, there we go. So hey, I'm Luke from the DMV Download from WTOP. I'm here with Michael. It's your first day of grad school, correct? Yes. And so there was big news today. $10,000 off loan forgiveness for every federal loan and $20,000 off for Pell Grant recipients, which you are one of them, correct? Yes, yes. I received Pell Grants all four and a half years of undergrad. And so how does this decision affect you and your life? It means a lot for me, like as a as a first-generation high school student, as a first-generation college student, let alone graduate student, but I don't have that like weighing me down and following me around the rest of my life. And can you talk a little bit about the weight of student loans and student debt? How does that affect your decision-making? For those who haven't experienced it, what is it like? Uh, it's a lot. So when I first finished my graduate degree, my master's, I went to work at a local health department. I made about $32,000 a year. I had about that in student loans that I had to pay off. Um, My cost of living was pretty cheap still, but I got saddled with almost a $400 a month student loan payment. Um, I deferred and deferred and deferred until I was able to get a job that allowed me to pay. And then I still went into default um, for about seven or eight months when I was trying to balance the cost of living and another job that paid me more, but the cost of living was higher. And it was just a lot. And it was every day getting a voicemail from, um, at that time, Navient, (laughs) um, reminding me, you got to pay, you got to pay. And I'm like, well, they're like, well, you don't get another forbearance. There's no reason for you to have a forbearance. You just have to figure it out. Now having the past kind of wiped off, it's like I can really focus on um, the future and really advancing myself and advancing, like, my generational wealth versus just kind of like, how do I make it today, Mm. get unsaddled with what I have from the past and just move forward and make a better me, make a better life. 
We have more stories from people who Luke spoke with down around Foggy Bottom, but we want to bring in Barry Glassman from Glassman Wealth, who is a financial planner advisor, to really explain the details of this loan forgiveness plan and tell us how we can use the money in the most beneficial way. And Barry, obviously everyone's situation, financial situation, is different. And of course, we would urge our listeners to consult a financial advisor about their specific circumstance before you know making any decisions based off what we're talking about here. But there are some basic financial realities we can talk pretty confidently about regarding the student loan forgiveness program. So what does this program really mean and how can you plan for it? Sure. So people will either qualify for up to $10,000 or $20,000, $20,000 if they have a, a Pell Grant. Um, and I did the math. If somebody had a 20-year uh, amortization, they were paying it back over 20 years and just graduated recently. So this is for that kind of person. Mm-hmm. It's going to save them about $160 a month, which is, again, isn't small. It, it may or may not change people's lives, uh, professionals' lives here in D.C., but, but that's what it adds up to. As far as planning around it, I'm a financial planner, so I was hoping that there would be some strategies I could recommend as far as uh, potentially lowering your income for this year, maybe even saving more in 401ks so that you have lower income and qualifying. But it doesn't look like they're going to use 2022 income. They're going to use 2020 or 2021 or the... Uh, borrower can actually choose which year, choose the lower year. Mm. Now, while again, not to make it about me, even though there's not a planning opportunity, the good news is that there are more people who are likely going to qualify because they were either unemployed or underemployed in 2020 or 2021. So it's important that you either work with your CPA or look back at your tax returns to see what you did earn during those times. Now, the place where this will bring in some more people is for those who were uh, in school and haven't yet graduated. So let's say there was a uh, somebody finishing up law school, had a great offer, going to work at a private firm, make enough to no longer qualify for this program. But in 2020, they only worked half the year or or a third of the year. Mm because that income was so low in that calendar year, this person may in fact qualify, even though in 2022, this person's making far in excess of the limits. I was going to say in our area too, I mean, just because it's so expensive to live here, there are probably people who are making closer to that 125 cutoff than maybe in other parts of the country. I mean, is, is it going to have as much of an impact here in our area as it would other places? Well, it's not just the income. You can start with the basics, a a combination of we have Maryland, Virginia and D.C. are ranked in the top 10 as far as uh, states and municipalities with the highest number of advanced degrees. Mm. Uh, If you think of the number of professionals in government and lawyers and doctors in this area, we have a ton of them. And if people borrowed throughout their college and advanced education, then two things. They have higher earnings, but they also have higher balances. And so let's say you're just starting college. I bumped into a father yesterday who had just dropped off his son at George Washington University. And he said, man, I'm looking down the barrel of $100,000 of debt. Did he miss the boat here? (laughs) There are a lot of people who are going to miss the boat, Uh, whether they, for some reason in these two years, earned over the threshold or uh, paid off, just paid off their student loans mm-hmm. or saved enough or 
or worked through college and never took on a loan. Uh, so there are a lot of people who won't qualify for this for a variety of reasons. It seems that there's a cutoff. Uh, and again, I, I don't recall the exact timing of the cutoff, but there's a cutoff that if the loan was made before then this date, then you qualify. And if it's after that date, then you don't. It's funny because some are saying this really isn't fair. I mean, to that same point, there are many of us who've paid off our student loans and didn't get any help. Some people who chose not to go to college and now they have to shoulder a bit of the burden, you know, to pay for this as a country. Um, Luke spoke to Michael, who got the Pell Grants to go to school, and he had an interesting take on this, as did a professor at GW who has already paid off his loans. What would you say to those criticizers? I think that... It isn't a bad thing (laughs) for people to have loan forgiveness. If you've been able to make it and you have been able to kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, if you want to feel say that or feel that way, um, congratulations. Um, A lot of us have it. Um, I, again, am a first generation, not even college student, a first generation high school student. I have been doing this on my own since I was 18 and figuring it out. Debt has been the way I've, I've been able to do that. We, we've given plenty of COVID recovery aid to a lot of other people, uh, many of whom are complaining about the student loan forgiveness, by the way. Uh, and so I think that it's, it's entirely appropriate that we do something for students. You've got a big load. They can't, you know, they can't pay it off through no fault of their own through a, because of a disaster. And it's entirely the thing to do. Do borrowers have a choice in how they use this 10K? Does it just go on the balance? Can you put it towards your interest? If you have two different, like a Stafford loan versus a different type of loan, can you choose how to use this loan? And how do you access it, Barry? How do you how do you make sure you're getting this money? So it, that's interesting. We'll know more before year end when this form and, and, and process comes out in order to make this happen. But my understanding is the ten dollars or $20,000 knocks down the principal. Okay. Period. It, it's not like you're getting a check or a rebate. It's that your principal is going to come down by ten or twenty thousand dollars, or uh, up to your loan balance, um, and that should, starting January first or whenever this kicks in, immediately lower your cost of interest as we move forward. And do you know how we get it? I mean, do you have to go to the Department of Education and sign a form, or are they going to contact you? Because so there will be a form and a process. Interestingly enough, the most important aspect is showing or proving that you qualify for this. And so there may be some way for you to either uh, attest to or upload your, um, your tax return. The good news is the Department of Education has millions of taxpayers' data already. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how when you hear from your service provider, if you'll hear, hey, it's all taken care of because we have your data and we see that you qualify, or if you still need to attest to something. Basically, we need to wait until the form and the process comes out. So let's get into the actual numbers that are being forgiven here, ten dollars or $20,000. I talked to a resident at GW Hospital, and Elsa said she still has a lot of debt. I have 90k as opposed to 100k, uh, which I don't, I don't know. 10k can can mean a lot of things. So with $10,000 being taken away from $100,000, Elsa still has $90,000 in debt. How big of a deal is that, if at all? It's helpful. I mean, any amount is helpful. For a lot of people, it's a drop in the bucket. For some, it's meaningful. 
But I have to tell you, if you survey the average person in the American voting public, mm -hmm. I don't think many people are happy with this. It's either too little or not enough. And we should remind people who perhaps haven't had a student loan or they're not familiar with this type of borrowing that just because your balance as a whole goes down, it doesn't usually mean that your monthly payment goes down. Um, and Luke spoke to this guy whose name is Jason, who was like, you know, my expenses are going to remain the same for a while. Because it's only 10000 I got 50000 in loans, and I'm still paying 500 a month. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't mean anything to me. And then there's, I live in D.C., so it's 2000 for rent. I mean, I'm beating myself up just to get by. If you have a ton of debt, Barry, I mean, can you speak to just the stress of that? I mean, you've seen from your clients. I, I know, I mean, most of us have been in debt. It makes you feel like you can't go buy a pair of shoes or you don't know, you can't go on vacation because you have this looming over you. I mean, is there a little bit of like emotional relief here that we're not addressing? I mean, even you said $10,000 is, is something. It, it is. I don't think it provides the emotional relief, emotional relief you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason is, when you're working for healthcare, when you're working just to pay off or pay down your student loans or to satisfy just the monthly payment, um, what it means is you you can't buy a home. You can't lose your job or or be without a job for a period of time uh, because the the loan interest will accrue yeah. and, and keep compounding on top of each other. So I, I don't think that the $10,000 offers a lot of emotional re and financial relief for the average student borrower. Now, this student loan forgiveness, you know, kind of just happened, poof, you know, like President Biden announced it, it was in the works, but what can people who are in debt do, you know, what can they actively do to maybe manage their financial burdens, that stress? What are some financial, you know, avenues they could really look into? So, so great question. And this is true for any kind of debt. You know, number one is get on one page all of the various types of debt. Most people haven't consolidated their loans, um, their loans in general. They have several credit cards. They have student loans, all those different things. Mm -hmm. Write them all down and write down the interest rate that you're paying for all of them. Start paying as much as you can on the highest interest rate loans. I think what most non-borrowers don't understand is how high of an interest rate people are paying. On credit cards, it's likely close to or in excess of 20% at this point. And on student loans, we're talking high single digits are approaching 10% plus mm -hmm. per year to just satisfy the interest payments on these. So the advice is start to pay down the highest interest first, the lower interest stuff it, you, you can keep as long as you can afford, but pay down that higher interest stuff. Second, think about consolidating or refinancing wherever you can to get a lower interest rate and do that on the sooner side because every month you wait, you're paying a higher rate of interest. So within the past few years during the pandemic, we've been in this window where loan payments for students, for student loans, have been on pause. You haven't had to put any money towards that. And I could see a situation where, you know, uh, someone in debt says, oh, the government forgave some stuff. Should I just wait? Should I wait it out? What would you say to those tempted to hope for another, you know, student loan? Should they pay off their loans or should they just wait? Oh. That's a tough question, just, I know. 
But did they, you use O? I did. Was that an O? Was that an O meaning <laughs> that's like, a great question? <laughs> I was. It was because I, I didn't think of that. But well, yeah, if the government's been giving out COVID payments and then you get a loan forgiveness payment. <laughs> If you're in this group of people who've been getting money coming toward you, what's to say that you're not going to get more and you can kind of change how you're planning? That's a great question. So we need to keep in mind that the loan repayment uh, hiatus that has existed for the past few years is most likely temporary. Um, It's set to go through year end. We'll see if uh, Biden extends that further. But we need to know that that's likely temporary. That's not a permanent solution to this. We now know that um, the administration is not going to forgive 50,000 or all student loan debt. We, we now know that. So while people may have held off on making payments because the government may have stepped in to pay their $40,000 of loans, now that we kind of have a sense that it's not going to be 50,000 or unlimited, we know it's 10 to 20, mm-hmm. um, it, it's time to reassess uh, being responsible and paying uh, payments toward your student loans. And, and whether you do that now or you wait until January when interest payments and, and payments resume, um, it's up to you, but payments are going to resume and you need to start paying those down. And with this um, forgiveness plan, of course, comes a little bit of a darker side. How concerned are you about scams when it comes around this? It seems like when, when we had that COVID relief, that was something that we had to discuss with people and, and make them aware of? Is this kind of the sim- a similar situation? So this is going to be terrible. The government has saved student loan borrowers a ton of money this year by forgiving interest and, and stalling payments. But the cost of the scams are going to be a fortune. And the reason is this. Student loan borrowers are now waiting to hear from either the Department of Education or their service pro- their loan service provider to give them the application to start uh, forgiving ten or twenty thousand dollars of debt, scammers are going to love this, and and I fear that borrowers are going to get scammy emails that say, "Here's the form necessary to fill this out. Please give us your name, address, social security number, and some bank information." There's no reason for them to have that, uh, and a lot of people are going to do that. Um, my sense is the best thing to do is wait till we have the form and guidance. uh, And once we know that that's available, have people directly log on to their loan service provider or call them directly and make sure that they give the right people the right amount of information. Barry Glassman with Glassman Wealth. Thank you for shedding some light on this. What can be a kind of overwhelming, complicated thing for some people? We appreciate your time. And after the break, we welcome back an old friend of the podcast and Trade Snack Secrets. Stick with us because they're pretty delicious. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. 
If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys, and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. And before we go, we got to welcome back Rosie Hughes. She's been on vacation. Welcome back, Rosie. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk about homemade snacks. Homemade snacks. That just, you know, warm your heart and tummy and the good stuff. Do you want to go first? I would love to. My homemade snack became my lifeline during working from home mm. during the part of the pandemic. Right. I was in Minnesota. I was freezing cold. And I just needed something warm and delicious to warm my mind and body. So... What I recommend to everyone, to you, Luke, and to all the listeners out there, okay, take a bowl of rice, white rice, brown rice, whatever you want. All right, I'm with you. Get a little fried egg. Make sure it's runny in the middle. You want a nice soft yolk. Slap that on top of your rice, and then go to your local Whole Foods, or you can order it online. Okay. My most favorite secret sauce in the world is the Fly by Jing Sichuan Chili Crisp Sauce. Have you ever had this? Secret no more. I have not heard of it, but now <laughs> the truth out of the is bag. out. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's spicy. It's got that Sichuan um, characteristic that makes your tongue kind of tingle a little bit. Sounds great. But it's great. not too spicy. It's salty. Oh, I just drizzle that all over the egg, smash up the egg in the rice, and just, it's a perfect little, you know, 3 p.m. pick me up. Wow. All right. Yep. Meal slash snack. I love Meal it. Meal slash snack. All right. So mine is pretty simple. You need okay. three things. You need oil. Ooh. Coconut oil, canola oil, mm-hmm. olive oil. Good place to start. You need popcorn kernels, unpopped kernels, really cheap at any grocery store. And just buy I them. think I know where we're going with this. And chili lime. Whoa. Chili lime seasoning. <laughs> so what you do is you take out a big old pot mm-hmm. with a cap on it, um, put the oil in the bottom of it, maybe like a centimeter you know, thick, mm-hmm. put three kernels in, put the top on, oh. put full heat on, What? wait for the uh, popcorn, <laughs> those three kernels to pop. Oh, they're like your test kernels. Yeah, they're oh, test kernels. Oh, okay, okay. And you pour the rest in just enough oh. to fill the base of the pot, so just like one layer of kernel. Mm-hmm. Then you watch it stir it, shake it, you know, and then beautiful fresh popcorn happens. It just happens in front of your eyes. Whoa. It's so it's cool. It's kind of a party trick. Do it mm-hmm. at a party. People love it. Anyway, you then get your Trader Joe's or any oh. chili lime, mm-hmm. but Trader Joe's has a really good chili lime. Is this a dry spice or something? Dry spice, okay, yeah, okay. and just dump the whole thing on. Well, not really, but dump a <laughs> lot of it on, shake it up, and then you've got a really just awesome snack. Mm, that sounds good and appropriate for most times of the day. Totally. Like movie time, totally. snack time, whatever. 100%. So Delicious. that thing has saved me multiple times, multiple parties, multiple just hunger instances. That sounds really good, Luke. So um, there you go. Wow, those those, those Trading are Trading some snack secrets. Boom. I'm going to make yours. We'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We're sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. And give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. While you're doing that, hit smash, push that subscribe button so you never miss a show. You can follow us on social media where we post content every day. And you can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download, of course, is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com or on the WTOP News app. Have a good one and I'll see you tomorrow.